Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. You'll hear from innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo around how predictive capabilities are utilized and delivered to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because why? This is where the best run. We always say it and we always mean it. Let's take a look at what the buzz on the street is today. I found a quote from Arjun Karpal, K-H-A-R-P-A-L. He's a tech correspondent, technology for CNBC in London. Here's the quote, whether you like it or not. Artificial intelligence sets AI and robots are going to be a big part of the future workforce. Okay, you out there around the world listening to us here on the Business Channel on World Talk Radio, I'm not trying to frighten you. Let's see what we're talking about today. In a recent SAP survey, 9 out of 10 business leaders believe AI is critical for their company's survival over the next five years. We call that near term. This includes, now listen up, their ability to attract digital natives. Those are people who are born in the what we'll call smartphone and live streaming era. You may be one of them. Our panel is going to talk about how AI is reinventing the ways we work and how AI can help you wherever you are in the world, whatever your company does, whether you're in HR, you're an executive, help you attract the next generation of workers who are going to help keep your company moving forward, staying competitive, and conquering the world. And isn't that what you all want to do? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. I have a panel of three really, really interesting experts experts who are going to help us figure this out and share their savvy insights with you. Let me just tell you briefly who they are, and then I will introduce them with their opening quotes, which are very inspiring, by the way. First up, in a moment, I'll be welcoming a newcomer to Game Changers. He is Ton Doba. I'll spell his name T-O-N-D-O-B-B-E. He's the founder, and I love this title, Chief Inspiration Officer of a company called Value Inspiration. We'll find out all about that in a few minutes. Joining him, another newcomer, Leonardo Di Arujo, A-R-A-U-J-O. I hope I'm doing justice to that. He is leader of the technological team at a company called Beyond Technologies. We'll find out what they do in a few minutes. And rounding out the panel is one of my longtime colleagues, a very valued member at SAP. He is head of the P&I S4HANA Cloud Project Management and Co-Innovation at SAP, Sven Denikin. I met Sven probably seven or eight years ago, probably before I even started Game Changers Radio at SAP. Always very privileged to have Sven on a panel. So welcome to my three esteemed panelists. And now Ton Doba has sent us his opening quote from Walt Disney. Is there anybody alive who doesn't know Walt Disney? Walter Elias Disney, 1901 to 1966, an American entrepreneur, an animator, a voice actor. I didn't know that. And a film producer, he pioneered the American animation industry. If you don't know who Mickey Mouse is, you must be sitting or sleeping under a rock somewhere. He was presented with two Golden Globe Special Achievement Awards, an Emmy Award, and of course he started Disney World and all of those, Disneyland, and just an icon in animation and entertainment in this country. Here is the quote Ton has selected. If you can dream it, you can do it. Ton Doba, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Very well. Thank you, uh, Bonnie. Thank you for joining me. I love the quote, but we're talking, we're not talking about Disneyland. We're talking about work and I, exactly. people are usually escaping work going to Disneyland. So tell me, how does this dreaming and making it happen apply to our topic of AI reinventing the way we work? I think you summarize it really well. It's about reinventing the way, the way we work. I mean, we have to think, start thinking bigger. Uh, we, we're, as, as humans, as people, as workers, we, are, we actually hold back. Um, the technology that's out there today doesn't really help to get the best out of us. And I think that's, that should stop. It's, uh, it's time, therefore, we should start dreaming big. And uh, if you can dream it, you can, you can do it, as I've always learned. Um, so that's why the quote is all there. We haven't Tell seen me, what we yeah, can really do, do today. Ton, I want to ask you a question. Somebody dreamed up the idea of robots, right? 
They started appearing yeah. in movies and toys, and people have these little R2-D2 things they buy that might be two or three feet tall, and they make funny noises. But r- robots are beginning to be a presence. We've had shows in the past year or two talking about how does HR deal with a robot, much less a chatbot, much less AI taking over the workplace. So let me just <laughs> pose it this way. Is somebody's dream about robots at work, is that somebody's nightmare? I hate to put it so starkly, but what do you think? I think, um, I mean, that's, that's also why I actually started my business and doing a lot of work around this topic specifically. I think the whole notion of uh, robots are going to take our job is completely, well, not, not, maybe not overrated. It's going to happen for a number of things that we possibly don't even like. I like to refer to, uh, to something that I was shared by, by an industry analyst that I've interviewed recently recently. Uh, the three Ds, the dull, the dangerous, and the dirty. Uh, and I think that's where artificial intelligence is going to play a role and it's going to take that away. But where the real value comes in is actually where you turn around the, the A and the I into I and A, intelligent augmentation, ah. where it's really about making people better. So AI is about freeing people up by, because of well, doing the things they don't like to do anything anyway. But when you start to kind of create peers and combinations of humans and machines, that's where real value can be created. And that's where it's getting getting really fun. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Ton. Very inspirational hearing you speak about it. I I sense your passion, and we're going to hear a lot more from you during the show. So, again, thank you for joining me. And now let's go a little bit around the table to Leonardo de Arujo at Beyond Technologies. And Leonardo has, has picked an iconic quote from Bill Gates, William Bill Henry Gates III, born in 1955. Ah, Leonardo, I call him a young man. Let's just leave it at that. An American business magnate, an investor, author, philanthropist and co-founder of the Microsoft Corporation, along with Paul Allen. And uh, I don't even know what his current net worth is. Uh, In 1987, he was included in Forbes' list of the world's wealthiest people. As of 2017, he's the richest person in the world, estimated it just a little bit uh, under $85 billion. And what's notable is in 2009, he and Warren Buffett founded the Giving Pledge, where they and other billionaires pledged to give at least half of their wealth to philanthropy. So here's the Bill Gates quote, and this was visionary, and I think it was back in the, in the mid-80s, a computer on every desk and in every home. Oh, my. Leonardo, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Talk to me about this great quote. What does this have to do with AI in the workplace? Well, I decided to bring this one up because I think it helps put in perspective the pace of innovation that we're living right now. In the, in the 80s, when Bill Gates used to say that, uh, a lot of people were taken back and, and, and said, no way, this will never happen, or it's a bit too idealistic and, uh, and too aggressive. Uh, but not only that happened, uh, that actually went way farther than that. Today is not only a computer in every home, it's pretty much a computer in every hand. Um, and, and, that, and that sets the stage to what is happening around us. Um, everybody has access to technology. Technology is helping us on a daily basis on basic activities, work-related activities. And, um, and again, uh, in the 80s, that was very far-fetched. Um, but uh, but it's it's just common sense right now, and uh, with artificial intelligence and machine learning coming really uh, is strong now. Uh, the fact that we are largely um, uh, having access to all this technology around us, uh, it will be pretty much touching everybody. It will be. Leonardo, do you think people should be frightened about AI and robots at work? Do you think there's a fear factor? As Ton mentioned, I believe it's intended to be an advanced way of freeing people up from those repetitive, boring, machine-like, if I can say that, tasks, and freeing them up to think at a different level, to work at a different level, to upskill. I know that's a word now. It's a verb. Uh, do you think that there, the fear factor will be calmed down if we have enough shows about this talking about why it's a good thing to have AI at work? Sure, sure. Um, We hear this often, right? We're afraid of robots taking over the world and all that. And and maybe this could end up happening one day, but we're really far from that right now. What what, what is happening 
today and what is available for us is, is really having all this technology adding us on daily activities. As you just described, and I think was very uh, uh, highlighted super well by Don, um, you know, having the, the daily work augmented intelligently mm-hmm. in a way that um, repetitive activities and tasks can be made so much easier, uh, it's, 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 it's great. It's, called, it's great. Okay, good. I, I think we're all looking forward to that. I want to put a really positive spin on the show today. Thank you, Leonardo. Pleasure to have you on. And now let's turn a little bit more around the table to Sven Denick and my colleague at SAP. And Sven has selected a quote from Ginny. Sven, do you pronounce it Romedy or Rometty? Do you know how she says it? Uh, Rometty, I guess. Rometty, thank you. Her re- full name, Virginia Marie and a uh, shortcut as Ginny, G-I-N-N-I, Rometty, 1957. She's another young person, according to me, American business executive, the current chairperson, president, and CEO of IBM since 2012, and the first woman to head IBM. She started as a systems engineer back in 1981 when it was probably, Sven, a little bit bold for a woman to have a job like that, and then she moved up to head global sales, marketing, and strategy. Uh, Bloomberg named her among the 50 most influential people in the world, and Fortune has called her among the 50 most powerful women in business since 2005. In 2018 of March this year, she was named the sixth most important person in tech by time. Wow, I didn't know that one. Here's the quote from Ginny. We'll just call her Ginny. Some people call this artificial intelligence, but the reality is this technology will enhance us. So instead of artificial intelligence, I think we'll augment our intelligence. Sven Denikin, how have you been? Very good, very good, and thanks for having me back on your show. Always a pleasure, always a privilege. I know you're busy, so I'm glad we got you at a time when you were available. Talk to me about the quote, augmenting our intelligence. That's what we're going to be talking about today, Sven. Uh, indeed, we will. And, and now you know why she got the remit, um, if you just look at that quote. But maybe also uh, building on what um, has been said before, I think this is not a question of race of the machines. So we're not back on Terminator and Skynet. I think what, what AI specifically, and I fully agree with Ton said, there needs to be the combination with the human factor that mm-hmm. has a absolute potential to elevate the human workforce into a job that is far less routine and far more meaningful. And I think we also need to acknowledge that it cannot be denied that future the workforce will be impacted. The question is how? And I think AI will generally change the way how also businesses are run, how intelligent enterprise operates. And actually, it starts from the top. Now, the good news is that we see, and I think it's very well presented by that quote, I think we need to agree to some principles around AI, and we'll speak about that later. But mm-hmm. the good news is, more specifically, it will also drive the elimination of those routines which you don't like. And I think the wholesale elimination of job is not the topic because people from the workplace will dominate. But we will see some changes, but we need to embrace them. And technology needs, as always, be an enabler, not the mean. Thank you very much. Sven, do you think it's well-founded for people in certain industries to be fearful of robots? I know in in industries like publishing, I believe the New York Times, uh, I visited their New York office several years ago, they already had robots pushing huge reams of paper around on tracks on the floor of the production facility. Do you think there's a reason that people are reasonably fearful of it because they haven't yet heard you and Ton and Leonardo talk about the higher level value of AI? What's your thought? I think there will be impact, but I think also the majority of the business leaders, and we referred to that survey before, know that uh, this um, assertion since less than third have been polled feel that AI technologies will replace current jobs. I think it's not the key point. The key point is what will that bring us at this additional value? And as workforce change, I think it needs is the time for the rise of that human workforce, of that factor that comes together. And I just quote our CFO, Luka Mucic, here at SAP, is that the goal should be for man and machine to complement each other in mm-hmm. the workplace with machines supporting the human work. And that's what we need to strive for. And that's what also we as business leaders need to strive for. 
Thank you, Sven. That's that's the reasonable approach. I think that's the message we want to send is don't be afraid, be enlightened, be inspired, be encouraged, be excited. Did I cover all the good verbs about that one, Sven, about AI at work? You did. You did. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm fishing for a yes there. I'm going to get it. Thank you so much. So now it's the time of the show when we go around the table back to Tondoba. And I have three questions for each of my esteemed panelists. Number one, where in the world are you today? If you're in a home office, just give me a clue. What city, what continent, what country? Number two, Ton, what's your favorite drink? The drink that I'm looking at your PR photo here. You have an amazing smile. What makes you smile like that? And it doesn't matter that it's only 2 p.m. here on the East Coast coast it's cocktail hour somewhere so any drink that really you love and then i'd love to know a little bit more about your company and what you do there so ton i give you about a minute and a half to put all that together for us why don't you talk to me wow 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 well <laughs> i'm calling today from my home office which is in uh, in Javia in spain which is between alicante and valencia i've been living there for 10 years and that gave me the smile on my face i'm joking i'm always uh, i mean people know me for <laughs> People know me for the smile, but um, well, I mean, to talk about the the favorite drink that uh, that I have, uh, actually, every day I'm looking forward to when my wife brings me my um, my daily smoothie, which is a papaya banana smoothie, uh, and that is sort of introducing my my moment where I actually step back from my machine and uh, and reflect a bit to look at the bigger bigger picture of the day, the bigger picture of the week. Uh, I mean, how can I deliver the best value for my customers. So that reflection always gives me fantastic new ideas. And um, that's sort of connected to that, to that moment, to that smoothie. I love it. I haven't heard anybody talk about papaya in a smoothie in a long, long time. So you're refreshing <laughs> me. I'm, I'm enjoying that yes. vision. I can taste it. I've got to go out to the store as soon as the show is over and buy papayas. I don't know if they're in season. And wh- tell me a little bit about your company. You are the founder, the co-founder. How long has it been around and what do you do? So, yeah, I mean, uh, last year, uh, I've been working in the business software industry for, uh, for over 27 years now. And last year, I started my own company, which indeed is called Value Inspiration. And yeah, the title I could only pick from that is, you know, to become not a CEO, but a chief inspirational officer. So what I do is I help business software companies to reimagine what can be by, um, yeah, uh, to make them remarkable again. And uh, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. So it's all about um, strategic product marketing services, value propositions, sales pitching, but also uh, to find out what the next big three ideas are for a company to get back on the, on the record to, uh, to get relevant again. A question for you, Ton. Do people come to you or do you find them? Do you go out and look for companies and say, you know, I think you need to be re-inspired. I think you need to be reinvigorated. Let my company <laughs> help you. Or do they find you and say, wait a minute, we heard about this guy named Ton Dobe. He has such an interesting idea. Let's see what he can do for us. So I'm, I'm asking just from which direction do you work with people or both? I, I actually see both. I have uh, people that came to me and I've got uh, customers in my uh, that I'm working for that I approached myself and uh, convinced about what, yeah, what can be for them. Thank you very much. Well, then you earned your title of Chief Inspiration Officer. I think you, you just validated that one. So thank you very much. And that's inspirational to anybody starting a company. You can call yourself anything that is appropriate. It doesn't have to just be president or vice president. Get creative with your titles. Thank you, Ton. And now let's go Thanks. to Leonardo de Arujo at Beyond Technologies. Leonardo, where in the world are you today? What's your favorite drink that makes you smile so wonderfully? And what do you do and what is Beyond Technologies? Talk to me. Sure. So um, I'm in Spain also. Uh, I'm on vacation and uh, I'm going to be here for two, uh, two weeks. Um, I love Spain. I've been coming here for several, uh, several times I came here. Um, I'm cycling right now. And, uh, and about the drink, uh, uh, for sure it's going to be a cava I'm going to be having. It's a sparkling wine here uh, from uh, Catalonia. So I'm going to be drinking that after the show, that's for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. You said you're um, cycling. Are you on a bicycle right now? Um, I was minutes before the show. I finished a, a long ride today, uh, just before the show. 
Well, I'm glad you were refreshed and energized, and I wish we were all in Spain biking with you. That sounds like a really cool thing to be doing, and thank you for pulling over safely to the side of the road. We appreciate that. What do you do? So I'm one of the co-founders of Beyond Technologies. We are an ERP, uh, SAP uh, integrator, um, and also a customer-running uh, ERP. Um, um, but also, I, I play a role, a role in the uh, in the SAP community uh, as an SAP mentor. Um, very engaged with community initiatives, uh, software adoption, uh, ideation. Um, you know, pushing changes. Uh, both uh, to the community, back to the software provider. So um, um, that, that's my role uh, outside uh, Beyond Technologies, but within Beyond Technologies, I'm the CTO, so responsible for all the development, uh, all the developers in our organization that work for customers uh, are under my department. Thank you very much. The name Beyond Technologies, what's the implication of that? Uh, I'm glad you asked. That doesn't come really often, even though we thought a lot about it. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to really take, uh, you know, we, we, we are representing technology, help deliver, deliver and implement technology to customers, uh, but we wanted to be beyond that. We wanted to be the people, uh, the, the human factor around the project, the, 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 the methodology around implementing the technology itself. There's so much more than the technology alone. And uh, we wanted to bring focus on that, and and that was the the core idea around the name. Thank you very much, and congratulations on that. And now, Sven Denigan, where are you in the world today? I think I have a clue from the prefix on your phone number where we found you. And what's your favorite drink, Sven? I can't remember what you said the last time you were on the show. It was a while ago. And what are you up to these days at SAP? Yeah, so first of all, I'm uh, actually at the border of the Black Forest, if that rings a bell, so in Germany, mm-hmm. um, close to our headquarters. So it's a little bit late here, but unfortunately in my cup today, there's still coffee. But i tell you what I wish would be in there, just coming yes. from a larger trip to South America. And I wish there would be some Pisco Sour in there, which is a brandy with a key lime juice because that definitely puts a smile on my face. <laughs> I bet it does. What, oh, no, what, is, that, is that a brand of brandy, or is that the name of the drink? Uh, actually, the name of the drink is Pisco Sour, and it is a very classical Peruvian or Chile drink. You're going to love oh. it. You can Google oh. it. I've got it. I've got it. I'm looking at the recipe here. I'm looking at it. Uh, it got uh, 86% said they'd make it again. I'm at epicurious.com. Pisco, P-I-S-C-O, sour. The drink was featured as cocktail of the month. There's a recipe from a bar manager in Boston, and I'm looking for the ingredients. One egg white, two and a half ounces of Pisco Capel, half ounce of simple syrup, three-quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, and Angostura bitters. Is that the right recipe, Spin? That sounds perfectly right. Okay. Chilean Pisco will do. Chilean and Peruvian are not interchangeable. Oh, you've got to use the Chilean version. You can't use the Peruvian version. This is a very, very specific bartender here. So tell me, what. thank you for that. We've never, ever had that on Game Changers, I think, in about 1,600 shows, Finn. So there you go. Thank you very much. There we you go. Love, we love original drinks. Now, talk to me. What are you up to these days? What are you doing? So first of all, um, nice little project taking the ERP to the cloud, but um, as, as, as you stated, and of course as colleagues working at SAP, and I think just to tie to the topic where today can't be prouder than today because we just released uh, seven AI principles we're going to work after. So we have collected um, an external AI ethics advisory panel, <clears throat> which I'm very proud of um, that we did that. And I think we need to put a human face to artificial intelligence because mm-hmm. it's definitely far away from artificial. And that's what I'm now ingraining in my work because part of the task we have been given is to automate 50% of ERP going forward because we're not going to make it smarter. We're going to make it intelligent, and that's what I'm for. Good, good. And and I know that you agree with Ginny Romady about augmenting intelligence. Sven, let me ask you a question before we're going to take a quick break. But the question is, do you think that the fear of AI is, 
Well, maybe populated, per, permeated, per, perpetuated, that's the word I want. Thank you, Bonnie. Perpetuated in popular media. And do you think that certain generations in the workforce are more feel, fearful of it than others? In other words, with the digital natives, the one that companies are trying to attract to the workforce, are they more embracing of it? Yeah, it's tech. We love tech. It's cool. I can do better things at work. I don't have to do the drudge versus maybe boomers or one generation slightly younger than boomers. I'm a boomer. Uh, are saying, oh my God, my job, all this cool technology, I'm going to have to go home too soon. What, do you think it's generational, the fear? I think it's not only generational. Uh, what I te- try to teach my son is learn something with M, and that should be math, because you want to differentiate people. Either you're in front of the machine and you're driven by algorithms, or you're behind that. <clears throat> but again, this is not a fear factor. It's how you how effectively you can embrace it, because I think that technology advances will happen anyhow. And of course, the younger generations have a different attitude to deal with that. Um, but I happen to believe that, let, let's state it up front, it is not uh, that we are talking only about jobs, it's about tasks. And mm-hmm. very clear, um, tasks make jobs. And we know that jobs are made out of those tasks. And we do yeah. have a huge implication in some industries. And I think it's more in what industry you are that you should look about what is the trend and what will be automated. But again, I think that is not a generational, uh, it is more like which industry you're in. Thank you. Thank you for pinpointing that. I appreciate it. On that note, we're going to give our panelists just a 90-second break. I don't know who's going to be drinking what kind of alcoholic beverage. We have another almost half hour to go, so I'll just say be sure to come back in 90 seconds, Leonardo and Sven and Ton, and ready to rock and roll with more conversation. We're talking about AI reinventing the way we work. Already so many great insights. Shout out to John Skitka at SAP for sponsoring this brand new series. Just been on the a couple of weeks, but its time has come. Game-changing predictive machine learning. Yes, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From understanding user and business needs to exploring enabling technologies and operationalization to developing cultures that embrace democratization and pervasive use of predictive capabilities by all, SAP helps you explore how predictive machine learning is transforming business. Game-changing predictive machine learning brings you insights from those who are helping to make this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges across all lines of business to explore what needs to change to effectively exploit predictive machine learning across the enterprise and how you can go from lagging to transformational. Tune in to the business channel to hear today's predictive machine learning business and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how predictive machine learning is shaping the future of change for all of us. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Game Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP. 
Yes, we are back, and we're talking about all kinds of good things about AI. We're not even going to call it artificial intelligence. We'll call it augmented intelligence, and you as humans, our listeners around the world, are the ones with the intelligence, and we want to make it better with technology. My very special panelists today are Tan Doba and Leonardo DiArujo and Sven Denikin. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen, and we're going to start the roundtable here with some comments from Tan. This is a little controversial. Tan will start this conversation thread once I introduce the topic and then we'll invite Leonardo to comment on it and Sven and then we'll go to a topic from Leonardo and one from Sven. A lot of roundtable coming up. So Tan told me before the show, quote, it's my strong belief that people in the services industry are not well served by technology. I want to say, why not? Go ahead, Tan. Talk to us, please. Well, I think it comes back to the point that I made earlier on as well. Um, a lot of a lot of the, the people working in the service industry I mean people that are servicing citizens, students, uh, people in the, in the professional services industry. The majority of the things that I do in the workplace is actually all about administration. I mean, there's some good research. I'm not sure what company made it um, made it come out, but it's about 64% of our time that's being wasted with with administration meetings and that kind of stuff. And at the end, if you look at the services industry, it's about people. And it's about, I mean, these people are, are hired because of their brain, because of their, you know, their, their way to serve. So it's time that technology actually start doing something about it. And from what I see in the, in the marketplace, uh, it's early days, but there's some extremely good examples already happening there that are actually making me very positive about, um, you know, where, where we're going. Uh, like I said before, the, um, there's, there's artificial intelligence taking the things away we don't like. But there's intelligent augmentation that is, for example, about recruiting. It's, it's completely recru- um, changing the way recruiters um, uh, get access to the people that they actually want and need to hire. So it's turning the, the whole ball game upside down. It's going from guessing about do I have the right person to, be, to perfect matching uh, because of the data that you can now get around those people. Um, another example that I see in, for example, sales um, it's all about, of course, kind of hitting your your prospect at the right moment at the right time. That's where artificial intelligence, these technologies really start to help right now by really figuring out when to send what person, what message uh, about what particular topic to get the best results. If you look, for example, at project management, uh, it's always about, you know, getting the project through the, through the weeds and hoping that, that nothing fails and that you meet your milestones. And it was more about output than about outcome. Now with the arrival of the new technologies, um, the project manager can be augmented and really get early signs about things that possibly derail, but then also get a lot of guidance about what that person can do in order to create even a better outcome. So it's all about creating this one plus one is three scenario, equals three scenarios. Uh, and that's, yeah, that makes me very positive about where this is going. And I actually hope that there's a lot of software technology vendors out there that are picking up that, that opportunity to, um, yeah, to, to deliver fantastic solutions for the services industry. Thank you, Ton. I like your optimism there. Leonardo de Arujo at Beyond Technologies. Love to get your thoughts. Agree or disagree with Ton? What's your position? I strongly agree. Um, um, I'm glad that... Um, that uh, the, the question was turned to me because I'm in the service industry and I think one spin important here is why is why have you know the service industry has been served uh, poorly or uh, not very well why and I think that's a lot related to the complexity of that industry the industry of services um, looking at an example right now I'm in consulting um, if I was trying to run an MRP of availability of resources in my project. Well, for manufacturing, that has been addressed a long time ago because it's a simpler uh, algorithm and a simpler problem. I'm not saying that it's a simple problem, but that has been addressed a long time ago. Uh, now looking at how intelligence, intelligence and how the algorithms need to be to be able to figure out who is the best resource for a given project, who is available and where. Well, today we have technology and the systems in place that can all, uh, help us answer that. So there's a great opportunity for real, a big transformation in the service industry to have um, um, uh, a, a lot of better 
uh, utilization and support from technology. Completely agree. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate and I hear your passion when you answer, Leonardo. That's what we're looking for. Thank you. Sven Denik, and I know you're passionate about this too. What do you think? Technology, services, industry, what's your thought? So first of all, I think I would like to give it a different spin while I don't mm-hmm. fundamentally disagree. I do think the beauty of AI is that it makes you work smarter, not harder. And if I look at some of the veteran professionals like I am, we're coming from a world where we think that, you know, the most important asset in a company were the people because at the end, they helped to define the organization and the culture. They provided that insight and, and their ideas helped to drive the corporate success. But I think a lot of those companies are gone. And maybe with exceptions of SAP or Beyond Technology or Ton himself, But I think now as the data is the new oil and it's the most priced asset, we need to put that in context. And that doesn't stop before any industry. Because in this area of digital transformation we are in, that that data has been the new kingmaker and it influences everything, the product, the services, the people, the experience and your brand. And I do happen to believe if we, we are truly saying what secures the company's success, it's those freed up resources, those, those employees are able to spend their time on tasks which create value for their customers. And I think that doesn't stop for any industry, and it's happening now. And that's why I also could be repeating, we need those AI principles. Uh, how do we engage with the wider society challenges of AI? How do we drive the values? How, how do we design it for the people? And at the end of the day, how we do business beyond bias? That's my view on it. Business Beyond Bias is a challenge, Sven, and and we talk about that on our series Changing the Game with HR. We talk about the unconscious biases, the built-in biases, and and the question that pops up for me and many of our panelists on that series, and I'm going to pose this to you quickly before I pick up another topic from Leonardo's list in a moment. The question is if human beings are doing the programming for the machine learning, for the AI, for the robots, for the chatbots, don't we get those human biases built into the 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 slant or the personality of the apps that are automated. What's your thought on that? How do we get rid of the human bias that goes through the technology? Yeah, first of all, you're right, because bias can negatively impact AI and, 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 the, and the solutions we build because in turn also impacts by that the individuals and customers. And I think this is absolutely, there are some risks. And I think we can only solve that by we require not only the technical view, but putting together the, the right people, the people in the sense of the right diversity, uh, diversity the, those interdisciplinary teams that really help us from all over the globe, from, from different backgrounds, because that's actually the net-net how you can avoid bias. And I think this is where we need all to be deeply committed to supporting that. We need to look at the value for our customers, and we need to make sure we put the right people together to drive that. And diverse businesses, by leveraging AI, can help to build those solutions which help us to move away from from actually bias. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Great insight, Sven. Leonardo de Arujo, I am looking at your notes here, and here's something interesting. I don't think we've touched on this yet, but here's where I'd like to go. You say, and I'm quoting you, so many companies are stuck between two strong realities in their technology landscape, innovation or customization. Can you help us figure this out? Define them, and what's the stuck part? Leonardo. Yeah, I, I often talk about this because um, there is, there's a, the pace of innovation is super fast, um, yet when we see customers, they have a hard time keeping up often, and I'm generalizing here, of course, but mm-hmm. um, and, and, and when we go on and go back and try to understand why, um, you see customers that end up building a lot, a lot of customization around their systems, and that kind of hinder, hinders them from moving to uh, newer versions, adopting newer things that are being delivered by, by, by SAP and other, other companies. Um, so then if you go back and see why all that code was built in, there are two things. There is real innovation where there are things that really were game-changing uh, functionalities and, and applications that complemented uh, what was available. 
but there is a lot of acceptation of singularities and particularities of businesses that um, uh, I don't think in the long term it pays off. And when we see right now all these innovations coming super fast, uh, customers that are stuck with systems that can't move or can't easily move to newer um, um, application releases, that's when they're going to be stuck a, a little bit behind. And, and, and I think it's going to become clearer, and it's already happening. A lot of uh, CIOs are starting to see that uh, it, it didn't pay off to have that amount of customization around their systems. So I'm not talking about AI in market, machine learning here specifically, but this all this new uh, functionality and this, this great uh, innovation coming, uh, it's not going to be that readily available for some customers. And I think they should start looking at how could they speed up their or, or, or revamp their current um, systems uh, in a way that can adopt innovation faster. Thank you, Leonardo. Sven Denikin, love to get your thoughts on innovation versus customization and AI. What do you think? No, perfectly said. So I, I put it very simple. Number one, failing to implement those new intelligent systems. And by the way, also equally upskilling your workers um, actually to manage those systems in, in the way it needs to be managed, that will see your organization suspended or be outpaced. It's as simple as that. And, and uh, Leonardo is on the money. We need to make sure that we um, make innovation available at a fast pace. But also the question is, how does automation play in there? And for what do we do that? We always need to think about the value we provide to our customers, our customers' customers. And it starts also with the way how the humans, how the people, how our workers are affected, but also are leveraging what we see with AI. Thank you very much. Let's turn around the table a little bit more to Tan Doba. Tan, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can only agree with what is being said, but I would like to kind of make it a little bit more dramatic. Go ahead. Um, I don't think it's like they're going to be a little bit behind. They're going to be uh, like miles behind in terms of uh, where this is going right now. I've never, I've been in the industry for 27 years and I've never seen change the landscape so fast as, as it is changing today. And what we've seen over the last 20 years with regards, for example, to ERP software, is that there were always new versions and it was always about doing the same thing a little better, a little faster, a little cheaper, even when things went to the, to the cloud. But that, that whole cloud journey has been there now for 18 years. So the solutions that are coming to the market right now, the intelligent enterprise solutions, they have been completely redesigned. So it's not about percentage impact, it's about 10x impact that they are trying, that they are, trying, that they are creating. So imagine that you are customizing your system and you think you are, you know, you're doing well and you're, you're making a, a progress, you get your percentage achievements. What if your competitor is actually uh, migrating to such a new system and getting these 10x results? I would be really scared. Ah, thank you very much. Leonardo, anything you want to comment on what your two colleagues on the panel shared about your topic before I move on? Yeah, I just want to add to what Ton just said. Really, uh, very good that you brought up the the fact that I think the delay is going to be quite uh, uh, important. If a customer decides to implement uh, an ERP, it's a big transformation project. It may take easily two years. By the time they go live, they're already a solid one release behind. And often customers sit in the sure. same release for three, four, five, six years. And then they start a new upgrade project and may take another one or two years. A customer could be behind an average seven to eight years. And the pace of innovation of today, that is huge. So yeah. completely agree with that. Thank you very much. And I'm going to move on here to some notes here from Sven. I'm looking here. We've covered a lot of what you sent me, Sven. But let's talk about um, the more companies turn to ML, NLI, et cetera. I'm going to have you translate those alphabet soups for us. The more personalized and streamlined they are, the key is to completely rethink how to do business. That's what I want you to talk about, Sven. That sounds like a big challenge. Who in the company should be tasked with, quote-unquote, completely rethinking how to do business? So, so first of all, uh, machine learning is a subset from artificial intelligence or topics like process robotic automation have been around for a while. I think they have found their place into many companies, meanwhile. 
And I, for me personally, this year is actually the year of intelligence, but it's the intelligence of enterprise software. And that nets down to automation is your friend. Whatever you can automate, you will automate. And I could not agree more than what Ton said. It's the factor that we're looking into. And we need to streamline businesses um, because if your competitor does, he's not going to be just a little bit faster. He's going to be that exponential time faster that, uh, that Ton has alluded to. And I think this is also coming back to if you are that intelligent, if you use AI or machine learning, you're going to also attract different people. You're going to attract mm-hmm. not only different workers like digital natives, you're going to attract different customers because you're so much faster. You're so much more on the point. You're so much more delivering what the customer wants. This whole experience goes around that. And that's what I said before. AI with that data is the new oil or the kingmaker is influencing your products, your services, and the experience that your customers will have. And that changes your brand and it eliminates the brands who don't do. Sven, I have a question for you. This may sound silly. Forgive me if it is. But if everybody does, if everybody takes this advice to heart and companies completely rethink how they do business and they embrace all this new technology and they upskill their workers and they embrace AI and machine learning and they harness their data and they have better conversations with customers and they improve the customer experience, the whole competitive landscape would change very quickly, wouldn't it? If everybody goes to a higher level almost all at the same time and then we're where do we go from there? What do you think? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, now, we all know not everyone is going there. Um, of course. As I said before, um, we will have companies who, who are not going to make that leap uh, because they don't believe in that innovation or they're stuck or maybe currently successful on where they are. And, and this is something which is going to happen. Um, I would happen to believe that also the advances of the technology, now let's make a concrete example, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence with a subset of machine learning, what is the next one? Well, it's actually deep learning. It's neural learning. There, there are going to be topics that we already see. We don't happen to connect it to how businesses work and how, how we currently today work. I think the differentiation will be, are you constantly embracing a culture of innovation or you will stick to a climate of uncertainty? And I think today we see both and we'll also in the future see both. Thank you very much. Ton Doba, love to get your thoughts. We're in our predictions round, but I want to, you know what, we can make this the topic of our prediction. So, Tom, why don't you approach what Sven said, agree or disagree, and make it into your prediction about what will happen with all of this new technology and companies being able to do what we think, what we say they need to do to stay alive and, and thriving. So, Ton, I'm going to give you 60 seconds for your prediction. Crystal ball <laughs> time. Here I go giving limits again. Go. 60 seconds. They're all yours. Well, what I, what I actually hope that this will do is that um, in a couple of years' time, that this will actually be mainstream, that everybody's doing it. Because I think if everybody's doing it, it will just make make life so much, easy, so much easier, interesting. And that's what I think, uh, yeah, being, well, being alive for means, you know, you have to make progress. Um, to kind of to, to, to talk about that, that, that reinvention, that, that rethinking of how to do business, that's not even about sometimes how you think about it yourself. There's going to be technology that's going to allow you to, to get fundamental advantage. For example, I have recently spoken to a company in the, in the offshore space, mm-hmm. and they've created a solution that is now turning the, 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 buy, the power that was always with suppliers, turning it completely to the buy, to the buyer side. So these companies are maybe not even thinking about the re- rethinking how they do business, but now they can with the power of these technologies. And it's allowing everybody, both buyers and suppliers, to really talk about the strategic important things rather than waste a lot of time on negotiation, which is going into, into the weeds again. So I actually hope that this is, this is becoming mainstream. Thank you very much, Ton. Always good insights from you. Let's turn a little bit around the table to Leonardo at Beyond Technologies. Leonardo, I have 60 seconds with your name on them for your prediction. What do you see? I think by 2020, and again, 2020 is just around the corner. It's a year and a half from now. But I think every customer, every company out there will have some internal discussions of what is what is uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and 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 
what they could do with it. Of course, different levels of maturity, some will just try to disprove the validity or some will really embrace and and start real projects. But everybody will have uh, a discussion around that at some point. So um, um, that's what I think really 2020 is where it's completely mainstream. It's already now, but to reach every customer in some way, uh, I think it's realistic. Thank you very much. And Sven, I save 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. Thank you. So first of all, my prediction is that one, and for sure one important thing going to stay, and that is you know your customer, you can anticipate what they want, you fulfill your promise, and that's key. This sits at the foundation of any truly intelligent enterprise. Now, with AI, you're getting so much better, as we discussed before, that you're, of course, going to have winners and losers. But you need to tie that again to the human factor. As I said before, or I mentioned in my last block, it's, it's the race of the human workforce. Human staff workers are not the only ones who suffer from what I would call, and I, I quote, uh, AI anxiety attacks. It is the business leaders too. But even if it sounds like a cliche, I think we as leaders need to embrace it. And I predict by doing so, we can leverage AI to create a culture of innovation. And I think that's what we should do. We should do that beyond bias. We should do it with quality and integrity. Mm-hmm. And I think then we're going to leverage it at best. Thank you. I like all those wonderful, optimistic words you put in there, Sven. I really appreciate that. I want to do a shout-out to our engineer, Aaron, at World Talk Radio. Thank you, Aaron, for getting us on the air and keeping us there. And I want to shout-out to my three esteemed panelists and the four dogs in the background, Ton. Ton, quickly, can you tell us the names of your four dogs real fast? <laughs> Diamond River, CJ, and Africa. Oh, interesting. Interesting. We should have had them on the show. I'll get you on my personal show called Read My Lips Radio. We'll talk about that. So thank you to Ton Doba at Value Inspiration, Leonardo Duarujo at Beyond Technologies, and Sven Denick, and of course, at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much for listening. And here's my call to action. Listen up. Fasten your seatbelt, whatever you're driving. I hope, well, you don't have a seatbelt on your bike, Leonardo, but I hope you got a helmet. I really do. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tondoba, just like Leonardo Du Arujo, and just like Sven Denikin. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on the Business Channel, 10 a.m. Eastern. Don't be late with a new series, new show on our series about consumer industries, talking about what's happening in wholesale distribution. You don't want to miss this one, whether you're a business or a customer. All important stuff. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.